I'd love to ask you what I ask many guests, which is that for anyone who's listening, who's say an aspiring CFO, uh, would love to get into uh, your position and, and lead finance in a fast growing company one day. What advice would you would you give to them so that they could be successful in the role? Hi, I'm Ross. And this is the CFO Playbook, where each week you'll get insights from world-class financial leaders to help you grow your company, yourself, and face the challenges required of today's CFO. At the end of every episode of the CFO Playbook, I ask top finance leaders from across the world for their best career advice. So as we kick off a new year, We wanted to share their sage wisdom to help all the aspiring CFOs out there plot their course for 2022 and beyond. Let's get started. Number one is you have to branch out extensively away from just sort of the books and records. So I encourage all of the aspiring CFOs to spend time away from your desk to get involved with the business. If you happen to be in in manufacturing, as an example, make sure you get down to the floor, you know, the factory floor, if you will. Make sure you walk the floor. Make sure you talk to the people who are designing the product and building the product. If you get a chance, you should go and meet some customers. You should go and talk to customers, listen to customers. If I go back to some of the things I did in in my earlier days as I was was moving up the ranks, I mean, I I did a few of those things. I spent half a day on the phone in in like a call center. And I was just on the phone hearing the customers who were calling in and maybe they were unhappy, unhappy with the product and they were complaining. And and for me, it was completely an eye-opening, you know, exercise. But just to be away from my desk, away from the books and, you know, the Excel sheets and just to be out there learning about the business, learning about all aspects of the business, I think is super, super important. Be a business partner. That would be my recommendation. Think about this mindset of customer focus and your customer being your other department because, you know, you need to partner with CEO. And yes, finance is such a critical and you have like a financial stewardship role that is very, very important. But more than that, align your the company interests with, with the finance interests and be open to that. And, and your goal should be to propel those divisions and those internal clients and bring them value so that they go at you and they use you, they utilize you and they see that it's fun to work with finance and it's it's great because they help me in my day-to-day. I think, so when I think about what what helped me get to where I am today was when I worked at the companies and, and I saw an opportunity to do something that was outside of my role, I tried to do it. And I, I really tried to get a well-rounded, well-rounded experience in different facets of finance. So not just in controllership, not just in FP&A, not just in treasury, just a little bit of tax here and there, like really trying to understand. I know that a lot of finance leaders might block their ears off to things like transfer pricing, for example. Once you're exposed to it, it's actually super easy. It's a super easy concept to understand. And so you don't have to be an expert in all of it, but if you could get exposure to as much as possible, it really helps you later on because then you have the ability, you know enough to be dangerous. So you could pick out the risks and you could pick out where things look off. You might know why it's off, but you can at least say something's off here and I need you to look at it. And, and I think that really comes from doing as much 
different things as you can. So, you know, if you're in the controllership function and you're interested in moving into CFO, I would say, See if you can do a little bit of forecasting. Maybe it'll start off as some cash forecasting. Maybe they can give you a small little section and just ask. It might be a little bit more work at the time because they're probably not going to say, oh, but you can let go of this. I just think it just pays off later on because then you understand a lot more with, with breadth what everyone else is supposed to be doing on your team once you're running the entire function. What's clear when listening to Anoop, Francis, and Jeannie in those clips are a few points. First of all, it's critical for aspiring CFOs to gain experience outside of the finance function. Many of our guests have had that direct experience in a variety of positions from managing director to chief operating officer, all the way through to sales ops. Those experiences outside of finance has allowed them to understand the business that they operate in, to get a different perspective, which has complemented them as they've moved back into a pure financial role. The second is that when in finance, those leaders, those teams should be proactive in making themselves partners to other parts of the business. And that in doing so, they can build trust, they can understand what those departments and those partners need and they can provide the insights and direction that, that steers the overall path of the business. And lastly, even within finance, as people are aspiring to CFO, you need to gain experience outside of your discipline and try wherever possible to experience different parts of the corporate finance arena so that you can become a complete CFO and someone that's ready to take the step up when the time comes. Working career is a very long time. I've been working for, you know, 30 something years. I've done a lot of different roles, you know, in that time period. And I see people get very hung up on what am I going to be doing next year? Or I need this. It's really important to me that I now have this new job title or I need this extra bit of salary right now because I'm, my career isn't moving you know, forward fast enough. Whereas actually you need to kind of build a career over time and ultimately do things that you find enjoyable and rewarding and, and not get too hung up on the precise status and, and everything else. I would say this, that it's good to find work for a good CFO as opposed to get the title early by joining a really early stage company because you think you need to have the title. That's that's actually something I did that I would do differently. Like I would go work for a great CFO first and learn as opposed to learn from baptism by fire and experience, which is what I, <laughs> which is what I did, which ended up being okay. But it was, there, was some, there were some interesting times there. Jim and Tony are both clear in suggesting that if you do want to become a CFO, you shouldn't be overly concerned about the exact timeline or title along the way. In some cases, it's ironic because many of our guests had their first CFO experience at an early stage in their career when the opportunity arose. And certainly at Soldo, our CFO, Dean Shaw, talks about the time where his first position as CFO was thrust on him early in the career, which was a huge developmental experience, set him up incredibly well. But at the same time, he might not offer that advice for others to follow the same path. And that's certainly what Jim and Tony are both saying here. And it's far more important to find the right mentors, to focus on the impact that you're having overall in a company and the, and the mission behind that, 
and to recognize and have the perspective to see that your career is is over a very long period and that the rushing to the position of CFO is not necessarily the path that's going to lead to the fastest development, the biggest impact or the most rewarding career. The importance of emotional intelligence to continue to hone and develop that area. I'm sure all of them are super smart and qualified and they have all the the chops to be great accountants and great CFOs. But if you want to be a great, ultimately, I think, a leader, I think having the EQ, having the emotional intelligence is really important as well. Usually, I think that the best advice that I can give for any leaders in general are are two words that I realized in my personal and professional life, the importance of, and since then I've been kind of telling this to everyone just because I I have been able to reconcile this, this few words in almost every conversation that I have about leadership or personal relationships or any kind of human interactions, which are empathy and authenticity. And for me, those things are trainable. Now, people say they're not. For me, both are. You train yourself to be more empathic with the person you're speaking to. You can be an investor, a board founder of a company that you're trying to acquire, someone from your team, someone that you're hiring to your team, a peer of yours, your spouse, your kids, can be anyone. It just facilitates interaction so much for you to be able to at least do the exercise of putting yourself into someone else's shoes that makes life just so much more easy. And the the contrary, which I, I translate with the with authenticity is it also works in that same direction. If you were an authentic person and if you can be your authentic self, which not everyone has the luxury of of doing, and I've not had the luxury of being my authentic self for my entire career, but thankfully now I do, people identify with you more and they see your vulnerability and you almost force them to be empathic to you and to work with you in that same direction. So for me, those two magical worlds have become magical worlds for me. And with a lot of feedback, because I'm not very, I'm not very good at in either. So I've had a, had a lot of of very important feedback throughout my, my life to, to arrive to this conclusion. And since then, I've been able to reconcile those two words into almost everything that I do. Listening to Anup and Tatiana. It's clear that great CFOs develop their emotional intelligence as much as they do their technical skills and understanding of the business. And that owning your strengths and unique vulnerabilities can make you a more relatable leader and help you to build those relationships, not only with your team, but also your peers in the leadership across the company. And of course, with those all important investor relationships that so many CFOs are responsible for managing. And as the role of the CFO continues to evolve from its historic role, which now is is becoming a distant memory for most companies of being purely an accountant or largely an accountant, to being an advisor to the rest of the executive team, a partner to the CEO and a representative of the business in the market, it's becoming critical to focus on these soft skills of emotional intelligence, communication and, of course, humility that can elevate the CFO from the position of finance leader to executive and leader of the overall company. 
I think if I were going to a CFO cocktail party, which sounds like all kinds of fun, I would talk to folks about how have they chosen their positions, how how have things evolved, what's worked for you, what's not worked for you, what have you learned, what are the mistakes you've made, that that sort of thing. Apply the knowledge and the, the experience you have. Understand your business, take some risk, and keep learning. We never know everything, right? So listen, you know, talk to people, kind of make those interactions with, have interactions with other CFOs, and uh, continue to learn and take some risk. Both Tony and Mark speak about something that is a recurring theme with almost every guest on the CFO playbook, and that's the importance of having a growth mindset. And that applied to points that we've mentioned earlier, learning about the company, learning about all the disciplines across finance is clearly critical. And as we look at the world today, where technology is disrupting things faster than ever and presenting opportunities within GNA and within finance to automate parts of the business they were never able to before, it's clear that learning is the skill that can make a good CFO a great CFO. And whilst you may not have the opportunity to attend a CFO cocktail party in the short term, you can take advantage and learn from other CFOs you meet throughout your career, which taps into both, of course, the mentorship mentioned previously, and of course, the opportunity to tune into podcasts like the CFO Playbook to learn from these individuals who you would love to meet in person. And so lastly, in almost Steve Jobsian quote, Mark's advice of staying curious and always learning, even when you get into that position, is sage advice that not just CFOs, but any aspiring leader can learn from. That was some of the best career advice for aspiring CFOs that we've heard from our guests in the last few months of the CFO Playbook. Next week, we'll start back with more interviews of world-class CFOs and financial leaders. So if you haven't yet, make sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single one. See you soon. One last thing. If you have a question you'd love to ask a guest, visit cfoplaybook.fm and submit your question there. This show is brought to you by Soldo the brighter way to manage business spending and expenses. With Soldo, you can control every expense, track spend in real time, automate financial reporting, and then use those insights to fuel growth. Learn more at soldo.com. If you have a question you'd love to ask a guest, visit cfoplaybook.fm and submit your question there. This show is brought to you by Soldo, the brighter way to manage business spending and expenses. With Soldo, you can control every expense, track spend in real time, automate financial reporting, and then use those insights to fuel growth. Learn more at soldo.com.